1: Back for another episode of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up, along with my man Jason LaComfora. You read him, you check his stuff out. He's all over the place, including the Washington Post. And Jason, all right, we're almost there. And I say that because now we're at week 10. It's like this season has just flown by, bro. It really has. But last night, we saw something I don't think a lot of people expected to see. And that was the Eagles losing for the first time this season against the Washington Commanders. Let's start there as we take a look back, guys, at what happened. Make sure you subscribe. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And, Jason, all right, missed calls, but turnovers killed the Eagles last night. This is what they've done to everybody else, and last night it happened to them.
2: Well, and and look, and and if you were sizing this game up from a gambling standpoint and you weren't factoring in the Eagles' unbelievable takeaway, there is some luck involved in that and the inevitable regression – then you hadn't been paying attention, and I factored that into um, sort of my take on that game, and and thought that they would turn it over a time or two, uh, and I thought Washington would would cover, but I didn't think Washington would win by eleven points, which was <laughs> the spread that they were getting. Yeah, and really, look, they would do the Eagles were for some regression in terms of their turnover luck and. It, we saw it really come to fruition. and But for me, the final turnover was the difference in the game. And it, it certainly felt like the Eagles started to get their sea legs under him in the third quarter. The defense had been on the field for a while, but now the offense is actually moving the ball and giving them some rest. And a long strike down the field from from Hurts uh, to Watkins. He's got it. He's They're already in field goal range. He gets up, obviously gets stripped from behind that fumble really kind of cemented it right that and and a few interesting sort of calls uh the eagles basically screwing themselves out of the two-minute warning and, and losing another opportunity to stop the clock i mean there was a lot that went into it um and the eagles were going to lose a ball game soon i think the 11 that they lost by is a little misguided but they don't stop the run very well since Jordan Davis went down, and that's just a yeah. reality for them. Um, that's an issue, and it's not like Washington was averaging five yards a carry or anything like that, but there was enough volume there for Washington and enough plays where they got themselves. It was always third and one, third and two, third and one, third and two, and then they dominated third down, kept drives alive, wore the Eagles' defense out. Um, look, Washington's a decent football operation and have been for a while. I've been sleeping on their defense, and I've been making a lot of money on them, um, I didn't think they'd win this game by 11, Carl. Uh, and you knew Heineke he was going to throw a terrible interception, and he did, but they <laughs> still did. overcame it because the Eagles turned it over three times. So kind of a weird ball game, Um, and kind of indicative of where this league is right now, I guess.
1: Yeah, th- there is a lot of parity, right? I mean, we say this, right? Any given Sunday, Al Pacino, any given Sunday. Yeah. But it really is. I mean... Any given Monday night, I kind of agree with you uh, about the the Commanders. They've shown flashes; they can be in games and be, you know, uh, in leads. But here's the deal: what is Heineke? Is he right. a serviceable guy? Is he a playoff quarterback? Is he just a backup? What is Heineke? Because I got to be honest, Jason, every time I see this guy, I'm impressed. I'm like, he's a leader. He's getting the job done. He's making the throws that need to be that, that need to be made, and he he's fearless. Like when I saw Carson Wentz early in the season, Wentz was passive. He wasn't aggressive with his throws. Heineke's like, screw it. I'm throwing
2: it out there. And he's making plays. Well, and he's letting people like Scary Terry make plays with far more volume than Wentz did. There's no doubt about that. He's he's almost fearless to a fault, though, because there's going to be a moment in a game, no matter where game flow is and no matter how detrimental it may be to doing this, where he's going to throw it up for grabs, not just a 50-50 ball, but like a 33% ball because the guy's (laughs) double covered. Right. Right, So There's there's a 66% chance. They get it. 30% chance. Your guy gets it. Or he's going to be under duress. And instead of throwing it into the stands, he's going to throw it into the middle of the field and the free safety is going to come down with it. And and so like, that's what really holds him back. But yes, they play with more energy. They play, I think with a different sort of verve um, and swagger when he's there, they want to make plays for him. He wants to put them in positions to make plays. Uh, And again, the defense, since about week four or five, has been really good. And we can talk about who they played or who they haven't played. We can do that game for everybody. But it's become an elite pressure rate defense. It's become an elite third down defense. Um, They've gotten much better against the run from where they were, say, the first time they faced the Eagles. Uh, I don't entirely trust the coaching staff. And and a part of me really thought they were going to end up losing that game by, like, three points. But – they were opportunistic. They got that final turnover that they really, really needed. You know, without that, I think the Eagles go in and we're talking about the Eagles being 9-0 and and surviving Washington and, you know, winning 28-26 or whatever. Um, but the NFC East is going to be incredibly interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're going to talk about Green Bay and Dallas in a minute and what really are the Cowboys. We could quibble about the Giants all we want. All they do is win football games under Brian Dable. Um, And now the Eagles have, for the first time all year, fallen back to the back. So that's going to be a really fun race down to the wire. I think the Eagles
1: and Eagle fans, no need to panic, right? You've been really good for eight weeks. What you've seen is real. This is the NFL. And some people will say this is good because the pressure is off now, right? We're not going to go undefeated. But we got a hell of a team, and we can make the Super Bowl. So for Eagles fans, I don't think they need to panic, and I don't think they no. will. Carl Dukes, along with Jason LaCanfora, in the huddle. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, guys. Tell your friends about us, like us, and we put new episode- episodes out every Tuesday and Thursday. Let's talk about this game w- with Green Bay. Since we're talking about the NFC, mm-hmm. they find a way to beat the-, the Cowboys 31-28. I thought Mike McCarthy screwed this game up. Listen, it's the easy narrative to say kick the field goal. But, Mike, kick the field goal. You're on the road. Give your team a chance at least to say, hey, we're on the board, and then we got to get a stop. Either way, it didn't play out that way. But this game was more about, to me, Jason, Aaron Rodgers. And Sunday morning on my national show on CBS Sports Radio, I said Aaron hasn't taken control of putting guys on his back and just making guys around him better. He did that Sunday. It wasn't about everybody else. It was about, I'm going to make every throw. I'm going to put it in the perfect spot. I'm going to give my guys a chance to elevate their game. And Watson did that. I thought other guys did it. The run game was there. This was the Green Bay team offensively that I kind of been waiting for. But it started with Aaron Rodgers.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
2: yeah and and honestly i'm shocked that the packers were able to pull that off and aaron Rodgers able to pull that off because this looked like the perfect opportunity for the cowboys to close i mean this is supposed to be a closing defense number one pressure rate in the nfl yep at 28 14 on the road with how that defense is built that should have been lights out um we i'm old enough to remember a week ago where green bay can't complete a pass in the red zone against the lions who hemorrhage yards and points. It's historically horrible defense. And I get it, week to week, things change. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, Parsons has been on the injury report a lot. That's a really beat-up Packers offensive line. Um, I'm shocked that the Cowboys kick a field goal, don't kick a field goal. 28-14 on the road against a horrible – an offense that's been absolutely horrible pretty Correct. much all season long. Um, that should have been enough. And a hundred last 195 times the Cowboys were in that scenario, it was enough. I wonder what that means for the defense because it's clear, like Dallas does not have an abundance of riches in the in in the receiving category. They, they, they that's why they're that's why they're they're everybody there's falling all over Odell, and I don't know that he's enough to save the day. But like CD Lamb and Dak are not on the same page. Amari Cooper not having that true burner on the outside has been a problem for them. And on a day where Pollard wasn't special, they kind of ran out of ideas offensively. That's why I go back to the defense cuz that really is the star there. And if that defense as the season goes on isn't special, then this is the same old Cowboys. These are the it's the same old the Don't say that. Match the reality. Jason, I'm just telling you. You're gonna piss off a lot of cowboy fans right now. I came out of that game <laughs> far more thinking about my natural skepticism for all things Jerry Jones coming through than me saying, "Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers figured it out, and now that's a real thing there." And look out for the Packers. I'm I'm looking at that game more like these dudes have been a little fraudulent in the past. Now would be a bad time to revert to front.
1: <laughs> All right, you bring up a great point, because to your point, you're up 14. It should have been a wrap. Here's the reality of where the Cowboys are. Dan Quinn was asked about this, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. They've given up 477 yards their last two games, okay? This is a team that was stifling the run, and you said it, best pressure rate in, in, in the NFL. That didn't happen, and now they're giving up 143 yards per game on the ground. They're giving up run game yards that they weren't giving up. So you're right. The concern for Cowboy fans, sorry, is does the defense get right? And let's shift blame a little bit to, to, to Dak Prescott. Look, for all the crap we give Aaron Rodgers, he makes a lot of plays. He does it when it needs to be done more times than not. Dak has yet to do that in a big situation, Jason. And you needed that. I thought they needed that on Sunday from him. And I don't think they got it from him. And I'm not going to define Dak's career because he's got a lot more left. But in these games where you're facing guys like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, His game has to elevate, and I haven't seen that happen yet.
2: I'm with you. Um, That's why I'm going to take it back to the defense because I'm old enough to remember Jerry Jones every week manufacturing a quarterback controversy like Cooper Rush (laughs) was something great. No, all Cooper Rush was doing was not turning the ball over. It was everything else was working. Game flows in his favor because the defense is creating early turnovers, and all he has to do is dink and dunk, and they got – You know, they're getting, uh, changing up the personnel packages and they're leaning into more too tight end stuff. And when we go empty, we're not going empty to beat you deep. We're going empty just to boop, 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 boop. They were trending towards being an elite team because the offense had to just play kiss football. Keep it simple, stupid. The other unit's going to, the other unit's stealing the show. If, if that's not really the case anymore because of them getting a little predictable and some of that, you know, cover three stuff getting exposed and it's it, that's been known to happen or guys just, you know, Parsons is no longer in, in peak form and he's not able to shed double teams like he could earlier in the year and other guys just aren't stepping up and Tank Lawrence is wearing down, then that, that's a whole different scenario. Um, I don't think they're I, I don't think Kellen Moore is a savior I don't think Dak Prescott is a guy who's going to single-handedly go out and be able to slay the dragon week in and week out when they don't have superior talent um, in certain matchups and the group around him isn't as special as Jerry thinks it is so the margins are slim man and and I, I could see some self-doubt creeping in on that team a little bit. And I also have a concern that now the owner is going to see this as his opening to say, and he's such a part of this. It really, it really was. It was Zeke all along. It really was. <laughs> if we have Zeke in that ball game. We win that ball game. I don't oh, care what anybody yeah. else says. Right. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and then yeah. the message gets through to everybody in the coaching staff. Like now we got, now we're really kind of in a little mini crisis and now we got to lean on the worst running back to appease the owner. Okay. That's not a winning formula. It's not. Uh, and, And listen, if that
1: happens, which it probably will. It might. It might. It's a terrible thing for the Cowboys. Pollard's been better. That's not their issue.